Imagine taking flight amidst the scenic beauty of Fantasyland, soaring high above the cottages, castle, and gardens of Storybookland. What wonders await inside the mysterious Matterhorn Mountain? And what can you expect when arriving in Tomorrowland, where the People Mover, Monorail, and Submarine Voyage are constantly on the move? Or what if you do the trip the other way, beginning in Tomorrowland and then landing in Fantasyland? No matter your decision, you are sure to be treated with a dazzling and thrilling view high above Disneyland, where you can see the park as the birds do. This voyage, of course, is provided by the Skyway, and it is where we will be taking flight in Discoveryland. Howdy, folks. Your attention, please. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, to all who come to this happy place, welcome. Hello, and welcome to Discoveryland. My name is Victoria, and I will be your guide on this adventure through yesterday, tomorrow, and fantasy. One of the things that has always set Disneyland apart from the competition is its ability to transport guests around the park in various interesting ways. Main Street has its horse-drawn streetcar, jitney, fire engine, and omnibus. In Tomorrowland, the People Mover once provided a relaxing tour throughout the land. The monorail takes guests on an elevated track from Disneyland to Downtown Disney. And of course, the Disneyland Railroad provides a grand circle tour of the Magic Kingdom. But there was once another alternative, traveling by air. For a time, Disneyland guests could travel from Fantasyland to Tomorrowland and vice versa through the air by riding the Skyway. The Skyway to Tomorrowland and the Skyway to Fantasyland, as the attraction was known depending on where you were, carried guests up into the air in a fashion similar to a ski lift. Although this may sound familiar, as it is still something you can experience at other parks, it was Disneyland that first incorporated the technology. But how did this attraction come together? How does it work? And, well, what happened to it? In Discoveryland, uncovering Disneyland's hidden history is what we do. So let's go back to the 1950s once again, shall we? It's no secret that Walt Disney had a lifelong fascination with trains. In our previous two episodes focusing on the Rainbow Caverns Mine Train, which eventually became the Mine Train through Nature's Wonderland, we discussed Walt's boyhood experiences working aboard trains. He continued to enjoy trains into adulthood, creating his very own rideable backyard train in his Homeby Hills mansion, the Carrollwood Pacific Railroad, and then of course the trains that served as attractions at Disneyland. These included the electric-powered mine train and the Disneyland Railroad. But Walt's fascination with transportation went far beyond trains. If you look at early Disneyland, 
you can see that Walt had not only an eye on the past, but also one on the future. Main Street had its own fleet of vehicles, which celebrated the past. The same could be said for the trains. However, in Tomorrowland, it was the future that was celebrated. In the 1950s, the idea of traveling into space on a rocket was very appealing and seemed like something that could happen for the mainstream public within a matter of decades. Rocket to the Moon was open to simulate such an experience in 1955. In 1957, what was referred to as the fastest miniature train in the world, the Viewliner, provided guests the experience of an open-air train that was powered by a V8 Oldsmobile gasoline engine. In 1959, the first monorail system to operate in the Western Hemisphere arrived as the Disneyland monorail. Years later, in 1967, the People Mover opened. The People Mover's vehicles did not have engines. Instead, it was powered by motorized wheels inside the track on which it careened. And as such, Walt was always on the lookout for innovative modes of transportation that could have implications not only for his park, but also for the world. The same was true in 1956, when the Skyway was revealed to the world. It was designed by Von Roll, a Swiss industrial company that was developing a cable system that could carry small gondolas. When Walt caught wind of it, he was immediately interested. But unlike his other transportation-based rides, which were deliberately planned as attractions for Disneyland, the Skyway would be different. In the delightful book, Disneyland, The Nickel Tour, by Bruce Gordon and David Mumford, the following tidbit is provided regarding the Skyway. Walt was so intrigued by the possibilities that he bought one before he even knew where it would go. In one interview prior to the ride's opening, he described the Skyway as a transportation system of the future for use in parking lots in huge shopping centers. End quote. As he later would with the monorail, Walt recognized the real-world potential in the Skyway. And like the monorail, the Skyway would be the first transportation system of its kind in the United States. The Skyway opened on June 23, 1956 as a D-ticket attraction. It was a Von Roll 101 Skyride system. It comprised of two stations, the Fantasyland station, where the 75 horsepower, 620 volt electric motor was housed, and the Tomorrowland station, where a 35,000 pound counterweight was located. The Fantasyland Station was an ornate, two-story structure that looked like a charming alpine Swiss chalet. The Tomorrowland Station was more industrial in appearance, without any significant theming. Towers placed between both stations supported the metal cables that were activated by the pulley systems at the stations. The central support tower was located where the Matterhorn Mountain now stands. In fact, when the Matterhorn bobsleds opened in 1959, the mountain was constructed around a new support tower that was obscured by the mountain itself. The ride vehicles would pass through two openings in the mountain, which gave Skyway riders a glimpse of Glacier Grotto, as it was referred to on park maps. 
the ride vehicles or Skyway buckets were attached to the cables and moved in a clockwise manner as they made the perimeter of the track and looped at the stations. And at the stations, guests would embark and disembark from their Skyway buckets, traveling between Tomorrowland and Fantasyland and vice versa in just a few minutes. The multicolored Skyway buckets themselves were designed by Disney legend Bob Gurr. Originally, they were round in shape and could carry two passengers. They came in a variety of metallic shades. In 1965, the buckets were updated with a new design. They were now square in shape and could carry four passengers. To compensate for the added weight, Gurr removed the center post that connected the frame of the original buckets to the cable grip on the roof and constructed the new versions out of fiberglass, which covered the steel frame. The colors were more vibrant than the originals. Visually, the new buckets look quite similar to the People Mover vehicles, which would appear in Tomorrowland two years later. Similar Skyway attractions were also opened with Walt Disney World and Tokyo Disneyland, and the Von Roll 101 was quickly popularized at other theme parks and zoos throughout America. Discoveryland, many great things often come to an end, and so was the case with the Skyway. After 38 years of service, the Disneyland Skyway was closed on November 9, 1994. The aging attraction was in need of substantial maintenance, as stress cracks had developed in the Matterhorn Tower battery supports. The repair work would have necessitated the demolition and reconstruction of a portion of the Matterhorn Mountain, so the decision was made to instead remove the attraction altogether. At Walt Disney World and Tokyo Disneyland, the Skyway attractions were eventually removed as well. Disneyland Skyline, which had been drastically altered with the installation of the Skyway, what with its towers as high as 60 feet in the air, was again transformed with its removal. The Fantasyland Chalet, which had remained in place following the removal of the Skyway, was finally demolished in 2016 after years of rumors that it might one day be repurposed. It was the construction of Star Wars Galaxy's Edge that finally did away with the last visual remnant of the Skyway. Today, if you would like to enjoy the experience provided by the Skyway, you are not completely out of luck. Although its presence across America has drastically decreased over the decades, VR101 Skyride systems are not impossible to find. In fact, about an hour and a half south of Disneyland in San Diego, two VR101s remain. At the world-famous San Diego Zoo, you can hop aboard the Skyfari aerial tram for a bird's-eye view of the park. It has been in place since 1969. And at SeaWorld San Diego, you can soar above Mission Bay in the Bayside Skyride, which opened in 1967 and today even incorporates some of the parts left over from Disneyland Skyway. I 
would like to extend a special thanks to Von Roll 101 expert Robbie Von Roll for his insight and knowledge in crafting this episode. I will place a link in the show notes to his Von Roll Model Ropeways Facebook page where he showcases his working VR 101 Skyride models. He also sells replicas of Disneyland's Skyway Buckets. There's no place like Disneyland, and around every corner of the park is some hidden history waiting to be discovered. I hope you'll join me next time for another adventure into the vibrant history of the Magic Kingdom. I'd love to hear from you. You can write to Discoveryland by emailing discoverylandshow at yahoo.com or find us on Facebook and Instagram at discoverylandshow and on Twitter at DiscoverylandVC. If you're so inclined, please rate and review Discoveryland on Apple Podcasts. It would mean the world to us. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, Disneyland has now ended its normal operating day. We hope you've enjoyed your visit to the Magic Kingdom and that you'll be back with us again soon.